So the more we read scripture, the more we delve into it, uh, the more we discover uh, all sorts of things, the more we discover a number of surprises. Uh, like we read yesterday uh, from Psalm 89, uh, there are some, some passages that speak about sadness, that speak maybe even about desolation, that speak about, Lord, why are you far from me? Right? That there are Psalms that, that, that speak about uh, the, the wretchedness of our experience. Like, like we read yesterday, the number of our years is 70, 80 for those who are strong, and most of those are emptiness and pain. I mean, it's, it's you know, you read this kind of a line, you think, wow, that's, that's not what I was looking for. <laughs> that's, that's not what I was hoping for from Scripture. I was hoping for words of consolation, words of, of uh, inspiration. Now, the reason those kind of expressions are in Scripture is because Scripture wants to show that, that real people experienced and lived these things. So it's not that as soon as we follow the Lord, everything is just plain sailing and easy. People struggled. People, you know, people struggled with understanding God's will or fulfilling God's will. People struggled in their prayer lives. People, people went through periods of aridity, sort of dryness. People struggled uh, to, to understand God's way, God's plan. The point is, even in the point is in that struggle, right? The story doesn't finish with the struggle. The story doesn't finish with doubt. The story doesn't finish with emptiness. The story doesn't finish with pain. The story finishes, right? These, even these psalms, like they, they, in, in the end, they say, "But, oh, but Lord, you remember, you know, I remember the deeds of the Lord." So you can kind of, we, we can struggle and we can be in a place that that isn't easy, but ultimately, bottom line. Scripture would always underline the, the goodness of God, the fidelity of God. So despite the struggle. So it's, it's a very, it makes Scripture relatable. You know, because then it, this, if this was all kind of, I don't know, perfect stories of perfect people who had perfect faith and just prayed all the time and then sailed their merry way to heaven, we'd read it and we'd go, yeah, well, that's totally not me. That's great for them, but not for me. I, I can't relate to that. I can't relate to that. I struggle. I find it hard to pray. These people obviously didn't. But when we read scripture, we delve into it, we see, yes, yes, they did. Yes, they found it hard to pray. Yes, they found it hard to, uh, to, to understand God's will or to fulfill it. So I think after uh, everything we read yesterday, it is important to uh, meditate also a little more on, on consolation. Okay, So yesterday we were talking about how... Uh, People can go through these, these struggles, difficulties, crosses. And we have the Holy Spirit, who's one, of, one, of whom, one of whose titles is the Consoler, right? Who carries us, lifts us up in these crosses and in these difficulties. And as I said before as well, it maybe picks us up with our crosses. You know, it's like we're holding our cross or maybe dragging it or uh, not doing too well with it. And he kind of picks us and our cross up and carries us through. Sometimes the cross can be removed at times that that is also possible that the, the cross that the weight can be lifted off us if if god so wishes uh, then then he can do that too on other occasions yes that we have to just to learn to carry it for as long as the lord sees fit and this is this is a difficult struggle it's a difficult to understand uh, but ultimately every time we look at the cross we are reminded of the goodness of god so we are reminded that, that it, it, it simply it just it cannot be that God would allow a cross and just kind of walk away or allow us to suffer and not care. That, that, that just, when we look at the cross, it makes no sense. It would make no sense at all 
for us to be in a place of suffering and for God to be in some way indifferent. That is anything but indifferent. The cross shows that, 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 that Jesus cannot, will never be indifferent to us. If that's what we mean to him, if that's what we're worth to him, then it, it's, just, it's never the case that we're forgotten or we aren't seen or he's too busy with others. or something. Like, it's just never the case. The, the cross proves the Lord's love for us. St. Paul writes in the second letter to the Corinthians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, a gentle Father and God of all consolation, who comforts us in all our sorrows, so that we can offer others in their sorrows the same consolation that we ourselves have received from God. Okay, you can hear the, the word consolation repeated over and over again there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, a gentle Father and the God of all consolation, who comforts us in all our sorrows, so that we can offer others in their sorrows the same consolation that we ourselves have received from God. So there's a lovely dynamic in this. Firstly, he starts by, by praising God the Father, blessing God the Father. Keep in mind that St. Paul lived in constant danger, constant threat. At any moment, in any of the missions that he did, he could have been killed, he was stoned, he was flogged, he was shipwrecked. All sorts of things went terribly wrong for him. So at, at any moment, he was imprisoned. <laughs> he was beheaded. At any moment, things could have gone horribly wrong. So what does he do? He blesses God. His reaction is to bless God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. A gentle Father. A gentle Father. And the God of all consolation. Now when you think of your own situation, your own life, uh, those who you know are suffering, to call God the God of all consolation, who consoles us in all of our sorrows. So there's a, just a, a wonderful image here, which St. Paul presents us, of a loving father who consoles his children in their needs, in their difficulties, in their loss, in their grief. He consoles them, he comforts them. And maybe the, the cynic within us might say, well, if he was so good, why not, why not just not allow the cross in the first place? Then you wouldn't have to console them. That's not the way, it's not the way life works. It's not the way life works. When it comes to, to, to our freedom, our freedom has consequences and the abuse of freedom often causes pain. It often causes hurt. That's not God's fault. The only way God could fix that is take away human freedom. Then if we can't, if we have no human freedom, then we can't sin. If we can't sin, the world is a much better place. But if we have no freedom, we can't choose to love. Then the world, we're just, what are we? Evolved animals, some sort of a biological robot. Like, what are we? If we can't choose to love, if the world, if our life is devoid of love, then what on earth are we? Love is, it's key to everything. Key to our happiness. It's key to heaven. It is God himself. God is love. So when we learn to love, despite or maybe even because of suffering 
We're learning to love like God. We're being transformed into him. This is hard because it's against our nature. Our nature will seek comfort. Our, our nature will seek security. Our nature will seek even to control things so that we're protected. But God is asking us to, to give that control to him, to trust him. And in our crosses, in our difficulties, to still love and to seek consolation in him so that our crosses bring us to him. A gentle father and God of all consolation who comforts us in all our sorrows. Now listen to after we have been consoled and after we have received consolation, what's St. Paul implying or what's he saying? Comforts us in all of our sorrows so that we can offer others in their sorrows the same consolation with which we ourselves have been consoled. So we've been consoled by God. We've received from him. We've been helped and directed or picked up and protected. We've been held by him. But now that we have received that, it's now our job to do the same for others. It's not all about me. It's not about me and my consolation and my happiness and that's it. While these things are important, there's a, a, a dynamic, a movement going on here. I receive this consolation from God and now it's my job to console others in their suffering. What a grace. I've, I've experienced this, this consolation. I've experienced this love and now it's my job to show that to others. That is my responsibility to console others. To, if I see a person needs a word of consolation, if I see they need it, do it. Don't wait and say, well, I don't know, it feels a bit awkward, I don't know what to say. Just shut up and do it. Jeepers, get over yourself and just do it. <laughs> Humming and hawing for three weeks, I don't know, should I? If the train has left the station, you missed your opportunity. Right? If a person needs consolation or affirmation, do it. Give it. If a person is, is, in, is in a bad place, help them. Help them. Don't, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Golden letter from heaven. We've been consoled by God. So it's up to us to console others in their need. We've received so much from God. Now it's my job to pass that on. And the more, it's, it's this kind of con- contradictory divine dynamic, if, that is, if, if that's a term, contradictory divine dynamic, um, where the more we give, the more we receive. The more we give away, the more we get. You know, the more I, I, I empty myself for love of others, the more the Lord must refill me. So it's, it's this wonderful thing. The more I give, the more I get. That, there's always a danger that we might think, well, if I give too much, if I have nothing left for myself. But if our source is God, then you're good. You're safe because the source is infinite. So the more consolation that we give, like when I, when I see someone is in need, when I see someone is down, when I see someone just might need to hear praying for you, hands joined emoji right uh if if that's what someone needs if that's what someone needs to hear why wouldn't you do that why would you wait we've received consolation console others and this like is it's it's such a gift to be able to do that because it's it's to be honest relatively easy doesn't even take much time there are other situations yeah that may require walking with someone for for a much longer time depending on what they're suffering with but even then we'll receive everything we need from the lord we receive the consolation from the lord 
we give the same consolation that we ourselves have received from our gentle and loving Father. And so our lives become what? Our, our, our lives become uh, uh, a, a drawing from God and a giving what we receive. Our lives become just this channel of grace. And you see how this works entirely independently of our job. Whatever our job is, that doesn't get in the way of, of doing any of this. If you're sweeping streets or you're a plumber or you're a mechanic, you can still draw from God and give that consolation to others. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to... Uh, all of us are called to be a missionary disciple. Regardless, our job doesn't get in the way. A missionary disciple isn't a job. Your job is your job. A missionary disciple, is, it, it underpins all of that, that I witness the Lord in the, way I, in the way I live, in the way I give. So we ask the Lord today to help us to recognize the Father as a loving Father, a Father of all consolation. That as we have received so much consolation from him, that we may give this consolation to others. That we may, we may be a channel of grace, a channel of light, a channel of love in this world. Amen.